0: it's wednesday night and we are talking about baptism we do not believe in water baptism i know that jesus was dipped in water that was a proselyte baptism i know that the ethiopian eunuch was dipped in water that is the same it's proselyte we've gone through that how many baptisms are there well the scripture says over here in the fourth chapter of ephesians When this was written, the fourth chapter of Ephesians was written, let me erase this, it was written somewhere in the neighborhood of 55 to 60 A.D. That's very important to know that concerning how many baptisms there are. How many baptisms were there? before Jesus was nailed to the cross. There were dozens. Not only did you have the proselyte baptism, which was what you had to do if you were from somewhere in the world besides Israel. If you were a Gentile and you lived over here, in Rome or you lived in over here in Athens or, or Corinth and you wanted to come to Israel and become a member of Israel, they called Israel the kingdom of God. You had to go through three things. You had to be circumcised. This was the law of the Pharisees. And you had to be washed in water. And the Pharisees call that a new birth. That's what they called it. And then you had to offer two turtle doves are two young pigeons, two turtle doves. And that was the prescribed sacrifice for a new baby that was born in Israel. That's in the law. Now, Jesus hasn't been nailed to the cross yet. Not nailed to cross. When he was nailed, all the rituals were blotted out, washed in water, They got that from the Brazen Sea Uh, that was on the southeast corner right in front of the door of the temple. That was called the Sea because it had 2,000 baths in it where the priests could wash. And then they would go to the altar and offer uh, the sacrifice on the altar, which was... A picture of a cross or a daily cross they offered a lamb every day and were lambs to the slaughter and they had this brazen sea they took the brazen sea all the priests would wash themselves before they offered sacrifice then after every sacrifice they would come back and they would they had little spigots on the brazen sea and they would wash their hands and their feet the hands and feet And that's where all the foot washing comes from. And that's where the hand washing came from. Well, the circumcision was in the law. And the two turtle doves was also in the law. And Jesus hadn't been nailed to the cross when he was washed in water. And that washing in water was a part of the law. And the Pharisees said you had to do this or you couldn't be a member of the kingdom of God. And they didn't consider Jesus a member of the kingdom of God. They said he was a Samaritan. Samaria was northern Israel, and the and the Pharisees hated northern Israel more than they hated anything. When Jesus was coming to Philip and and Peter, and Philip said, "I've found the Messiah." And the apostles, particularly Nathaniel or Bartholomew, whatever you want to call him, same person, he said, where does this Messiah come from? And Philip said he comes from Samaria. <laughs> and Nathaniel said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? And he said, Nazareth. Nazareth was considered the filth of the earth, to the Pharisee and a lot of reasons for that not going to go into that right now because I've told you about that so when Je- so Jesus went to John said let's fulfill all righteousness wash me and the Pharisees will have to listen to me according to their halakha they said if he would go through this they had to they had to listen to him by their verbal law by their halakha their halakha said if you would go through this they had to accept you and listen to you preach to them so he did that that's why he was washed in water in the first chapter of John John said therefore am I coming baptizing with water that Christ may be made manifest to Israel he did not say I come washing with water so you can do the same thing and you can show an outward manifestation of inward work of God. He didn't say that. Jesus was washed to be accepted by the Pharisees, and we've got to go through that. Now, when the Bible says in Ephesians 4 and 5, there's one Lord, one faith, and one Baptism. No longer was there water. One baptism. It wasn't water anymore. The water was a ritual, it was part of the handwriting. The handwriting was all of the rituals of the Old Testament. They were nailed to the cross. And everything that was once literal is now spiritual. And that includes baptism. How can there be one baptism in water and you don't have the baptism of Holy Ghost and fire anymore? When Jesus said, Go into all the world and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit... He wasn't talking about water. I said it before. I'm going to say it again. Why would he go to John? And John would say, I baptize with water. There comes one after me. He'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Then after he goes to John, and he goes, that's in the third chapter of Matthew. The fourth chapter of Matthew, he goes into the wilderness and he's tempted of Satan. And then, after the four chapters, the fifth chapter, that's his first message the Sermon on the Mount. And from the fifth chapter through the seventh chapter, he attacks the Pharisees on everything they were doing. And if you don't know the Pharisees' laws of their halakha and the Haggadah, you won't know that. Then he goes into the world and he goes through all these episodes preaching. Doing all of his miracles, then they, then the Pharisees crucify him and nail him to a cross. Nail to cross, and the reason I'm emphasizing nail—that's how the rituals were blotted out. Now I'll go through that later. When they wanted to do away uh, the contract, they would take the contracting partisan public says everybody agreeing we're going to invalidate this contract they'd say yes and they'd nail drive a nail through it so it invalidated all the rituals now why would he tell them when he went into galilee to meet with his apostles for the last time galilee i'll get it in a minute Why would he tell them to go into all the world and baptize with John's water baptism? He would not say that. I need to quit talking Galilee. He wouldn't say go and baptize with this water baptism. When he says go into all the world and teach all nations, what was he saying? And baptizing them in the name of, the word in is the word E-I-S there. you got three words for in concerning baptism. You have the word ice or ease, however you want to pronounce it. You have the word epi. And you have the word E-N or E-N in the, in the Greek. E-I-S, ice doesn't mean, this is in the Great Commission. Go into all the world baptizing them in. This word ice, or "ice," means to sink into. But it doesn't mean to come out of. You don't come out of the name. The word name is onoma. Onoma means authority. God's authority is his law. Baptizing them in the name or into God's authority, and his authority is his law. Now, when he says baptizing them in the name, this word epi means to cover with. Cover with or superimpose. When you superimpose something, that's the word that was used in Acts 2.38. That's the verse that everybody thinks belongs to the church of Christ. And the church of Christ quote that every time they turn around. And they say, that's our verse, and them Baptists don't like this. I like it because of the word in. They, after Peter preached, they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? And they were cut to the heart. And Peter said, repent. Metanoia. M-E-T-A-N-O-I-A. To be turned and think differently. But you can't turn yourself. God has to turn you. Be baptized in the name. That word is epi, and it means to cover with the name, a cover with God's authority. It doesn't mean to sink into and come out of. And then you've got this last, time that's really important, Acts 10:48. Acts 10:48, Peter is relating to the people where he goes to the house of Cornelius. and he's relating his episode there and he commands those people after they receive the Holy Spirit which is the truth, He commands them to be baptized. To be baptized in the name. To be baptized is one word in the Greek. Baptisteni. B-A-P-T-I-S. Baptistani, and baptist and bapt not the baptist baptist in a baptist is an infinitive it is not a verb implying motion where do you get that Jim well you can look up the word actually in your, in your Bible and you can look up the word in and it will tell you and that it is a it is an infinitive and infinitive is something that people don't know anything about in fact, the men who wrote about baptism first people like like Mr. Strong in the Strong's dictionary this is this was written by these were produced by James Strong, who produced the Strong's Concordance, and when you look in the B volume, it's twelve volumes. He will tell you that baptizo, not being a verb implying motion, doesn't show movement. It's not a verb. A verb is like jump, run, dip into water, something that shows motion, run, throw. These are action verbs. This word baptize does not mean to dip, Mr. Strong says. He says it is a verbal noun. Now, if you don't know what a verbal noun is, you're going to be lost. You have to look it up in Mr. Mounce's book, or one of the other scholars on Greek, and they'll tell you it is a verbal noun. It is a noun with verbal character if i say something is to be to be painted if i say the barn is to be painted after it is to be painted it is painted the con- it is the condition of something after the verb moves upon it Mr Strong will tell you it's a infinitive. He won't say infinitive. You'll be reading along as it's verbal noun and you'll be saying well I don't know what that is. Let me keep reading. No 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 stop. Look at verbal noun. Find out what it is. In the English an infinitive can be a verb or a verbal noun. In the Greek it only can be a verbal noun in the Greek. I didn't say that. William Mount says that it's only a verbal noun. That means the movement. It's the movement is only on the form of the fluid. It's fluid coming from an outer source, moving upon the individual. It cannot be meaning to dip into something, because it means to means to cover. That's baptizo. And it comes from bapto, meaning to stain or to die. I keep saying this. It has the same exact meaning as pitch, the ark within and without with pitch there in Genesis 6.14 pitch the first word is the word kafar the second word pitch is kofar now you say but I looked it up in Strong's Concordance and both those words were translated kafar well that's right unless you look it up in a when you look both of them up in a word study concordance it will show you that the second word pitch is a noun, means to cover, to stain or dye. And the first word pitch is a verb. It means to stain. It means to cover. It had, pitch with pitch has the exact same meaning as baptize with bapto. And you cannot stain something and dye it with water. Can't be done. Now, I got a lot of things to talk to you about about baptism. I'm going to show you something. I'm going to give you an algebra lesson. Can I do that? To show you how simple algebra is. Because the only way I can do this, I've given it to you before. Nobody came up and said, you did algebra on us. And I don't understand that, but you understood what I said. Watch real simple. This you'll learn in the first week of algebra. Okay? This will be your first, probably, first week. And they'll teach you two algebra laws. And this works everywhere in nature. And everybody here uses algebra every day. And most you women don't even know you use it. But you do. You can't live without algebra. It's not even possible to be alive without it. And you're doing it all the time. There's two things I want to show you because I'm going to talk about baptism and a little bit of algebra. There's two things, two laws in algebra. And I'm going to give it to you. Things that are equal to the same thing. These are axiom or algebra laws. Things equal to the same thing. are equal to each other. And that's one of the first things you'll learn in algebra. Things are equal to the same thing, are equal to each other. And then you'll have if equals... This, I don't know how they say it today, but 1954, when I took algebra for the first time, this is where it was worded in 1955, or it was either 54 or 55, 54 I think it was. In the 1954 algebra, this is exactly what it says. If equals are substituted... For equals, the results are equal. And this works out real well in baptism. All right, the results are equal. In algebra, you have an equation. This side is. this side has to equal this side over here. That's called balancing an equation. If you the simplest way to explain algebra is with a seesaw. <laughs> it's the best way to explain it. You got two little kids and they're six and eight years old and on the playground and they're on a seesaw. A seesaw is an equation. This side has to equal this side. You got a 100 pound kid on this over here. You got a 60 pound kid over here. How much do you have to put in that little kid's lap to make that seesaw balance? Huh? You got to put it in his lap. You can't put it down here. You got to put it in his lap. So you'll have the equal fulcrum, I believe you call it. You what do you have to put in his lap Huh? 40 pounds that's what X is you're looking for X now can it be a 40 pound watermelon or well, can it be a 40 pound block of ice yeah no matter what it is, as long as it's 40 pounds right now I'm just going to show you something here if you learn this it's easier to study the Bible. Let's look at some things that are equal to the same thing. What is baptism equal to? Baptism is equal to the gospel. Right? It says so over here in Mark, the first chapter. Baptism equals, so if we can find something else is equal to baptism, they're equal to each other, aren't they? Yeah. Look here. And Mark, and I want I want to help you see how I think. I think algebra all the time. I just don't tell you I'm doing it. It's constant in my teaching. Mike told one of his his cohorts out here at Tennessee State when he's teaching out there he said I learned to teach algebra from my pastor because I use it constantly I just hadn't told you it's algebra and if you learn to do this what it makes the Bible easier to understand now look over here and mark the first chapter mark the first chapter all right The beginning of the gospel. Oh, there's the gospel. The beginning of the gospel. So where did the gospel start in the Old Testament? Gospel is the word A-U-A-G-G-E-L-I-O-N. Preach the gospel is E-U-A-G-G-E-L-I-Z-O. Euangelizo is our word evangelize. Euangelion is the word evangelism. Evangelism. And it's constructed, angalizo is constructed of E-U and A-G-G-E-L. A-G-G-E-L-O-S. Angelos is the word angel. Well, that's why you got to put the real word there. Angel doesn't help you much. It means a Messenger. messenger you is a common prefix in Greek that means well or good you've seen the word what is it you do when you stand up at a funeral and you say good words over somebody eulogy a-U-L-O-G-Y. Eulogy comes from U and Logos. It means well words. Well, they preached George Bush into heaven today, didn't they? They got him into heaven. They behaved well words, and he didn't do anything wrong. Everything was great. That was a eulogy. It was a long eulogy, wasn't it? Now, that's the word. This is the word gospel. Or preach the gospel every time you find it. How do you know that? Well, if you get your word study concordance and you look this up, it will have Euangelizo, preach the gospel. It will also have there in It's interesting to have one of these because 55 times preach the gospel is mentioned. But sometimes it won't say preach the gospel. You go over here to Luke 2 and verse 10. And the angels were there and they said, well, look at that. And then we'll go back to Mark, Luke I'm trying to teach you how to look at the Bible in Luke two and verse 10. This is this is where the angels come to the manger. and uh, verse nine, lo, the angel of the Lord came unto them, and the glory of God shone right about them and they were sore afraid. And the angels said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings. That's the word, you angelic. So it's the same exact word as preach the gospel. What they heard was the gospel. And whatever the gospel is, is what they heard. We're going to find out that the gospel is the same thing as tribulation. Are we going to find that out? It's the same thing as tribulation because things equal if you can find any place in the Bible where the Bible says that the gospel is tribulation, I think you find that can't you huh well, the gospel is also he says here, so good tidings is the gospel. It has to be I don't know why they put good tidings when it actually means preach the gospel. Now go back over here. Look at things that are equal to the same thing or equal to each other, okay? Let's look at that. What is the gospel equal to? The gospel is equal. Remember we said things equal to the same thing or equal to each other? What is the gospel equal to according to verse 2 and 3 of Mark 1? Look and see. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophets. Woo! So the gospel is written... In Isaiah, this is a reference to Isaiah 40 and 3. If you start preaching the gospel later than Isaiah 40 and 3, you've started too late. So the gospel is equal to what is written in Isaiah 43. And it tells you what it is right here. The beginning of the gospel, as it is written in the book of Isaiah, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare the way before thee. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, everything in verse 2 and 3 is the gospel. The beginning of the gospel is prepared the way of the Lord. So the gospel equals equals prepare the way prepare the way how many ways are there John 14:6 Jesus said I am the way Oh, by the way, the is a definite article. There's not two ways like Oprah Winfrey said. She said, Jesus is not the only way to heaven. He said, I am the only way. I am the way. The truth. There's not two or three truths. There's one. The truth is, the being a definite article, there are no indefinite articles in the Greek. And anytime you see the, it's always there. If you see a, it's not there. They have no indefinite articles in the Greek. A and an are indefinite. It means it can be any. Uh, he ate an apple. Well, I mean, there's more apples. If you ate the apple, there's only one of them in the house, in that bowl on the counter. That was the apple. Jesus said, I am the way. There's no other way to heaven. Whatever that way is, it is the gospel. And he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And the word way is hodos. Now, wherever you find the way, it's going to be the gospel. Because prepare you the way is the gospel, isn't it? Huh? Where did the way? Well, Romans, not Romans, I'll get it right in a minute. Matthew seven, thirteen, and 14 says there's two ways. One is a good way, one is a bad way. You have the narrow way that leads to life or eternal life. And only a few, few there be that find it. Only God, O-L-I-G-O-S, of everybody in the world, a puny number will find it. I don't know where George H.W. Bush is. I doubt if he went to heaven. They all got him in there this afternoon, though. They preach everybody in there that was a nice guy. Being a nice guy won't get you into heaven. You've got to go through the gospel the one way. And the Bible says that way, the only way, is narrow. And that's the beginning of the gospel here in Mark, the first chapter, isn't it? So everything that's equal to the narrow way is the gospel, isn't it? Well, narrow is the word thalibo, T-H-L-I-B-O. It is the verb form of thalipsis, which is the word tribulation. When the Bible says, we must through much tribulation enter the kingdom of God, that is the narrow way, which is the gospel which is the only way. So anywhere you find the gospel, you can substitute tribulation. Can you not? Huh? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Believe it or not, this is real simple first semester algebra within the first two weeks. That's what it is. Is that interesting to know? <laughs> I said women use algebra every day. Every day. If you're making a banana pie, you got to have bananas. you got to have flour. you got to have sugar. you got to have milk. And you got to have 45 minutes in the oven, plus 45 minutes. There's a plus here between all of these. Plus, I don't know if it, how long does it take a banana pie to cook? Huh? 45 minutes to an hour. Huh? Okay, we're just going to call it 45 minutes, okay? All this plus 45 minutes equals a banana pie. Right? Well, if you don't have one of these in there, if you don't have the sugar and you got subst- something to substitute for it, you substitute an equal for an equal, and you're still going to have the same banana pie. That's algebra, whether you like it or not. I don't like algebra. Well, then how are you going to cook a banana pie if you don't have all the ingredients? You're substituting equals for equals all the time, aren't you? You do that every day. A mechanic uses algebra. If he cuts off a end of a rod and he's got to make it up over here he's got to make it up with the same length and that's algebra you use it all day long you just don't know you're using it and if you learn to use it in the Bible you can substitute equals for equals if equals are substituted for equals the results are still equal the gospel everywhere you find tribulation everywhere everywhere I got it on this paper here. Everywhere you find it, right here, you can substitute gospel. And everywhere you got preached the gospel, you can substitute tribulation. You're not going to heaven without the gospel. You're not going to heaven without tribulation. Period. That's mathematical absolutes. There's no way to get around it. Now, what else is the gospel? It's prepare you the way of the Lord. And it was written in the book of Isaiah. Let's go back over here to Luke. I brought this out last week. And Luke, is it good to know this? It's absolutely wonderful to figure out this much algebra if you don't ever go to anything else. These two Absolutes. Things equal to the same thing or equal to each other. The gospel is equal to prepare you the way. And prepare you the way is the narrow way because there's only one way, so narrow is equal to the gospel. Isn't it? Yep. Now look over here. Look over here in Luke, the second the third chapter. This is talking about John the Baptist. and it's talking about the high priest. Now John the Baptist was a high priest of Israel. He was a legitimate high priest. You know how you can know that? Because he was of the eighth course of Abiah there in Luke the 1st chapter and the eighth course you can find that in in 1st Chronicles the 24th chapter which gives you all these 24 courses and he's in the 8th course of Abiah and he comes out of the lineage of Eleazar and Ithamar the two sons of Aaron the high priest. So John the Baptist is a legitimate high priest in Israel here. He should have been the high priest and Jesus was the king. The king in the first century was Jesus. There were two anointed in Israel, the priest and the king. Jesus was the king. John the Baptist was the high priest. Comes out of Aaron. Now, look here. In verse 2, And Annas and Caiaphas, being the high priest, they weren't legitimate, he was. The word of God came unto John the Baptist, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. And John came into the country about Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance... For the remission of sins. Now baptism of repentance. This is not baptism of water. John baptized with water. There's a reason for that. That was a proselyte baptism. I'll just say this. All of Israel wanted to be free from Roman rule. So the Pharisees had their own way through Halakha of freeing themselves they're not going to free themselves but religiously freeing themselves from Roman rule and oppression because the Romans are coming and just kill them at the drop of a hat so they said we'll have our own way of getting into the kingdom of God and that was through this proselyte process and they, you could come into the kingdom of God or Israel according to them by that circumcision being washed in water and offering two turtle doves. Now, the Bible says that the baptism of repentance for the remission. The word remission and forgiveness are the exact same word. Ephesus. Now, does the baptism of repentance actually forgiveness means to pardon? And release from prison. Are you pardoned and released from prison by being washed in water? No. That ain't got nothing to do with nothing. Nothing. You're pardoned and released from prison when you repent. The baptism of repentance for the remission. Repent metanoia. means to be turned and think differently. And Jeremiah said, you can't turn yourself. You have to be turned by God. And after you're turned, you repent, you're ashamed, you take the blame for your sin, you say the fault is mine. That's what repentance is. But you have to be baptized or stained with the blood of Christ. And what does the Bible say that true baptism is it is the same thing as the gospel it's the narrow way so he says he came preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins as it is written in the words of Isaiah Isaiah 40 and 3 And here it is saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the hodos. Oh, prepare the way. Hetoiomazo. H E T O I M A Z O. To fit up. Proetoiomazo h-e-t-o-a-i-m-a-i-z-o is the word over there in Ephesians 2.10 we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath before ordained it's the word prohetoia madzo. it means to be forfeit up in advance that's predestination so prepare the way is the baptism of repentance. If prepare the way of the Lord, the way, which is the hodos, is the baptism of repentance, that's the same thing. The baptism of repentance, baptism of repentance equals prepare The, what if I said tribulation? That's the same thing as the gospel, isn't it? Prepare the tribulation, which is the same thing as the gospel. Tribulation. And everywhere you find tribulation, when the Bible says over there in 1 Thessalonians, look at 1 Thessalonians. I love this verse. People say, I don't want the tribulation. Well, then you're not going to heaven. Somewhere you have to like it. It's the only way. That is the gospel. That is the true baptism. Look here in 1 Thessalonians. Well, Maybe Second Thessalonians. I'll get it. All right. Here in 1 Thessalonians 3, and verse 3. No man should be moved by these palipsis, tribulations, which is the same thing as the baptism, the same thing as the gospel. The gospel is preparing you the way, isn't it? And the way is narrow, and there's only one way, and it's tribulation. So you can substitute... Everywhere you find tribulation, if equals are substituted for equals, the results are equals. So you can, everywhere you find tribulation, you can substitute gospel or you can substitute baptism. Can you see that? Huh? You can substitute it. So you can say, no man should be moved I like that word move. S-A-I-O. It's the same thing as earthquake, which I mentioned Sunday night. Earthquake, it means to shake. No man should be shaken. We get the word seismograph from that. S-E-I-S-M-O-G-R-A-P-H. That is a machine that measures the... Amount of an earthquake, it'll tell you how much seismo or sio is in it. So no man should be moved by these afflictions. Thalipsis, which is basically the same word as thalibo, narrow, and that's the way to eternal life. So you can take all these things that mean the same thing and substitute them for each other, can't you? Huh? You can substitute anywhere you find narrow or affliction or tribulation and it's either the word thalibo or thalipsis. One is the noun, the other is the verb. You can substitute that for gospel wherever you find it. That's how I match up a lot of things. That's algebra. If this is equal... Whenever we study Hebrews, the 10th chapter, the Bible says we enter into... Gosh, we're back to the word way. Look here. Look at that. Look in Hebrews, the 10th chapter. Anything that is equal to tribulation, you can substitute gospel, can't you? Huh? Equals are substituted for equals. You can substitute gospel, or you can substitute the true baptism, can't you? Huh? Anything that's equal to the way. Anything that's equal to the hodos. Now they would use hodos for a highway that ran through a village. But when it's spiritual, talking about the spiritual way, it's the way and there's only one way. Right? I'm not losing you, Emma. It's real simple. I'm giving you... I think that's the first two axioms I learned in algebra. And that has been a salvation through everything I've ever done. If you can learn this, you can find, look what it says. Look what it says here in Hebrews 10. Hebrews. Now if you want to Somebody to verify this. Mike's got a master's degree in mathematics. and What I'm saying up here is like 2 plus 2 equals 4 to Mike back there. It's that simple. Look here in Hebrews 10. And look at... I'm going to kind of try to make this real simple. In verse 19, having therefore brethren boldness to enter into the holiest with the blood of Jesus Christ and what is the holiest? The holiest is the holy of holies. The holiest. On the day of atonement what if I said the day of kafar the day of baptism because kafar equals baptizo on the day of baptism or kafar you can substitute one or the other because they're equal to the same thing they have the same meaning to cover and on that day of atonement the tenth day of the seventh month the high priest would offer according to Leviticus, the 16th chapter, there was a goat offered on the day of atonement, not a lamb. God hath made him to be sin for us, made him a goat in our place. They took the blood of the goat. They had a scapegoat that went out to the wilderness. They took the blood of the goat, walked through the outer sanctuary, passed by the candlesticks, walked through this veil and sprinkled the Ark of the Covenant seven times. And this was called the holiest or the holy of holies. Now watch what it says. By the blood of Jesus Christ, not by this goat anymore, This is, that altar is a picture of the cross that Jesus died on. It's also a picture of the daily cross because they offered a lamb there in the morning at sunup and in the evening at sundown. And we're lambs to the slaughter. We have a daily cross just like he had his cross. And the high priest, one of Aaron's descendants, whoever was serving as high priest that week, they had orders of high priest. And each one of them have a turn. And the high priest would come in to the holiest. And look what it says. I've said this and nobody's brought it up. I thought maybe somebody got it along the way. And having boldness to enter into the holy of holies. By the blood of Jesus Christ. By a new and living hodos. Whatever the hodos is equal to, you see this way in there? It's very figurative. To come into the living way, this way is equal to gospel, isn't it? Huh? And the way is equal to baptism. Well, that's what they're going to do to the Ark of the Covenant. They're going to... Sprinkle the Ark of the Covenant. Stain it with a dye. Aren't they? So this way is equal to the baptism. It's equal to the gospel. It's equal to the narrow way. Because there's only one way. And it's all the affliction that we have to go through. You can't go into heaven without going by the baptism of repentance For the forgiveness of sins. You can't get in. Everybody has to go through the gospel. Which is prepare you the way of the Lord. Don't they? Is that as simple as I can get it? Huh? I hope you can see this. It makes it easier to study your Bible. Look what he says. So that way into the holiest... And who is the high priest over the temple of God now? It's Jesus. He is the priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. He's the priest over this temple, which temple you are. And our hearts are sprinkled. He says that later on in this. Instead of having the Ark of the Covenant sprinkled, our hearts are sprinkled and that's the true baptism. Isn't it? I'm trying to make this as simple as falling off of a log. This is a basic first week in algebra equation. First week. But boy, if you learn to think, these two things, things equal to the same thing or equal to each other. Don't forget that. Don't forget if equals are substitute for equals, the results are equal. That is, makes it like just... It's like daylight coming up, isn't it? And look what he says. By a new and living hodos. How many hodos are there? One. And it's narrow. And it's full of tribulation. It's full of affliction. And you were appointed to it. That's not something you can get out of. It's an appointment. Prochimai. It's laid out in front of you like a track. Nobody's going to heaven without this baptism. Nobody's going to heaven without this narrow way. Now look what he says. By new and living way, he hath consecrated through the veil, that is to say, that is to say is the same thing as saying I.E. When you see I.E. in a sentence, that means, in other words, This. That is to say, so the veil of the temple is the flesh of God. If our hearts, well, let's go on and read the rest of this and we'll come back to the veil. And having a high priest over the house of God. What is God's house? Well, you got to go back to chapter... Earlier in the book, to chapter three, you don't separate these words; they're all the same. Chapter three, verse six: Christ is the Son of His own house. Whose house are we? By the way, the holy of holies was called the house of God. Because he lived there and ruled Israel from there. He came down out of the cloud and sat on that Ark of the Covenant. And the judgment seat was a mobile throne. That's what that was. When that cloud had started moving, those priests had to grab up everything and move the temple of God. Then he says, So the Baal is the temple, or the Baal is the flesh. Let me write that down. Veil equals flesh, right? Yes, yes. All right. Veil equals flesh. So what are the fleshes equal to is the same thing as the veil, isn't it? If veil equals flesh, we can find anything that equals the flesh, it'll be the veil of God's temple, wanting. We'll be substituting equals for equals, right? This is about as, as simple as I can make this. So, then he says, Having a priest over the house of God, which is us, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled. So our hearts sprinkled by the new and living way, which is the gospel, which is the baptism, which is tribulation, which is affliction, the reason is is because they're all equal to the same thing. You can substitute any of them for each other. Maybe I've helped you to see a little bit about biblical algebra. It makes it easier to study the Bible. If you look at things that are already equal to something else you know in the Bible, it's not hard. You do it every day. Now, Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. What was pure water? Living water. Living water. That's what they called the water flowing out of a mountain stream because it was moving. They knew that it was pure. And that's what they called the water in those deep wells at Jacob's well. It was so deep. Jesus goes to this woman at the well of Samaria, Jacob's well. And he says, I'll give you living water and you'll never thirst again. She said, how can you do that? The living water is in the bottom of this well. It's flowing some river underground. And Jesus said, I'm not talking about literal. I'm talking about the Spirit is living water. And it was cold down there. That's why the Bible says in the last verse of the 10th chapter of Matthew... If you give a man a cup of cold water, he'll not lose his reward. It's talking about living water. But it's talking about spiritual. Now look here. All right. Look back over so we found out the veil is his flesh, right? Isn't that what it says? Whatever the flesh is, it's gonna equal to the veil, isn't it? Go back to the sixth chapter of John. You can connect all these things together. Sixth chapter of John. All right. The way you can really corral the Word of God and make it smaller than you think it is, is you've got to make these things that are equal to each other, and recognize them as equal. Don't just make, well, you've got a flesh over here, and a veil over here, and then you've got a flesh over here. Wherever you find the flesh of Christ, that is the veil of that takes you into the house of God. If we're the house, and that inner sanctuary is called the house of God, that means whatever is going on inside of us is inside the veil. So let's look at this in 6th chapter of John. How much time do I have, Mike? 30. I've really gone through this slow so we can see this. 6th chapter of John. All right. Look here in verse 48. Well, let's read 47. Very verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven. He's talking about himself, isn't he? That a man may eat thereof and not die. I am am the living bread that's Jesus isn't it which came down from heaven if any man eat of this bread he will live forever and the bread that I will give is my flesh wait a minute we figured out what the flesh was it was the veil wasn't it the flesh equals the bread doesn't it And that's equal to Jesus. Let's keep reading here. So all these are equal to each other, aren't they? Things equal to the same thing, equal to each other. Look for that in your Bible when you're reading. Then he goes on to say, Which I will give for the life of the elect world. The Jews therefore strove among themselves and said, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, or partake in the veil, right? Right, since the veil is the flesh. Unless you partake of the veil, and the blood, and the whole purpose of that is your heart, is the Ark of the Covenant because the law was written on tables of stone back here and that's written on fleshy tables of our heart there in the third chapter of 2 Corinthians, right? And in Hebrews, the eighth chapter, in Hebrews, the ninth chapter, is written on our hearts. And the hearts are sprinkled now. Well, let's read on. Then said Jesus unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink the blood you have no life in you boy we've talked about this before whoso eateth my flesh or partakes in the veil right? then the flesh is the veil right? same thing whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life and I will raise him up at the last day. Then he gives you miraculous truth. For my flesh is. Oh, we figured out the flesh was the veil, wasn't it? It's the veil of the temple. My flesh is meat indeed. The word indeed is the word alethes. A-L-E-T-H-E-S. Flesh. Equals. Alethes. That's the word indeed. Indeed. And alethes is the word. Of. Truth. So flesh. Is. The veil equals the flesh, equals the bread, equals truth. Truth is the word aletheia, A-L-E-T-H-E-I-A. And when you partake of the flesh entering into the house of God, what you're partaking of, the reason you're washed in the blood of blood baptism was in death. And this is the same thing as the baptism of repentance, isn't it? We enter in by new and living hodos. How many ways are there? There's one way into heaven, one way, the way, one way. It's the way, the hodos, the gospel, the baptism of repentance. There's only one. You eliminate everything else. So wherever you find the way, it's one way, it's tribulation, it's the gospel, it's the baptism of repentance, right? Right. I hope you can learn to tell this to somebody. Because it's not as... You know what's harder than what I'm teaching you here? Is to keep all these things separated and try to figure out where they fit in. Have you ever done that and tried to figure out why something fits and you can't figure out how it fits? It's because you're trying to make a different definition for everything. You can't have a different definition for the way than the baptism of repentance or the gospel. It's all the same. Or the flesh. Or the truth. You can eliminate a whole bunch of definitions by saying they're all equal to the same thing. Truth is aletheic. comes from Lanthano. And that means to lie hid, lie hid, and when you place the alpha in front of lanthano means it's the alpha privative, negative particle, neg part is what it'll say in your concordance. It means it negates that word, gives an opposite meaning. It means not to hide anything. When you tell the truth, you take the cover off. That's what you do. And you tell people what these things mean. And their brain will get scrambled if you tell them they're all the same thing. The way, baptism, repentance, the gospel, tribulation, all the same way to heaven. You're not going without it. Nobody's going without it. You have to be in tribulation. Now, God may work on you for 30 or 40 years like he did me before you're willing to... Throw your hands up surrender to God and say, God, from now on I'll tell everybody all the truth all the time. God beat me up real bad until I learned to do that. And when I surrendered over in my mid-40s, I was just starting to develop spiritually. I've been developing for the last 40 years. I'll be 80 in May, and I've taken me all my life to develop. Well, actually to become a child again, except you become as a little child, you'll not enter the kingdom of heaven. Unless you come to a place, we all grow up, we grow up, start off as a little child. We grow up and get real proud, and God's got to cut us down and make us a little child again. We get real proud in the middle of our life about how good I am, what I can do, and I want attention. And then God cuts you down to nothing. That's where he's brought me. He's made me a little boy again. That's why I don't want to fight nobody. I didn't want to fight anybody when I was a little kid. I just want to believe God, what he says. So if there's one baptism, the baptism is the way, isn't it? The Bible says in Luke 3, it's prepare you the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Let's look at that. Let's go over there to Isaiah where it's quoted. That's the baptism. That's the way. That's the gospel, isn't it? Everywhere you find gospel in the New Testament, everywhere you find baptism or something that's equal to baptism. You know what the word, word is equal to baptism in the New Testament? Maybe you will remember this. As many of you who have been baptized into Christ have put on. Everywhere you find put on, it's the word enduo. It means to sink into clothing, and what is our clothing What is our clothing our robes our robes are made white in the blood of Christ. our clothing is the baptism, the tribulation, the fiery trials the that's what it is that in Fact you look back at Revelation, it'll tell you that. So when you see this all this multitude around the throne of heaven in the seventh chapter of Revelation, seventh chapter and the angel asked John, Do you know what these all this great crowd is around the throne of God in verse nine? before the lamb with white robes and palms in their hands John said I don't know what they are you know tell me and the angel says I said unto him sir you know and he said unto me these are they which came out of great philipsis baptism gospel they came out of great everywhere you find tribulation it is that word Philipsis, the verb form of philebo, narrow. They came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of Christ. A blood baptism is the only baptism. John preached a proselyte baptism because Israel was frustrated. That wasn't a requirement of you and me. Now, let's go over here and look at this that was quoted by Mark. The beginning of the gospel is prepare you the way of the Lord, make his path straight. The John came preaching the baptism of repentance, which was prepare you the way of the Lord, make his path straight. That was all the narrow way. Now, look over here in Isaiah 40. In Isaiah 40... Isaiah is talking about the Gentiles coming to the light all through this book. This was approximately seven twelve BC. Approximately seven twelve. this has been confusing this is pretty simple isn't it you just got the first week in algebra class out of the Bible it's like falling off a log if you learn this you'll use it all the time Man, you're using it well you know you're using it or right? you can't live without algebra in your life it's not possible if you cut off something over here you make it over here Do that every day, don't you? I think the algebra teachers need to tell, preach it from the Bible, so people might want to want it more. If I said I'm going to tell you some algebra here, most people shut their shut their ears up and put their plugs in their ears and go "La, la 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 la. I don't want to hear that la la la. You need to learn it. It's the best way to study the Bible. If you see something over here in the Old Testament, and it's repeating over here in the book of Revelation, same thing. We talk about the Euphrates drying up over here in Isaiah, the 44th chapter. The Bible speaks of the Euphrates drying up over in Revelation, the 18th chapter, the 14th chapter. It's the same thing. If you learn that, Bible easier to study. You just you run into something in New Testament. You say, "I don't understand that." Let me get my concordance out. Let me see here. Euphrates drying up. Oh, it's over here in Isaiah forty-four. Let me look at it over here and see what it says. And you study Babylon and you get pull out your Babylon. Your B volume of your McClinic and Strong, and it'll tell you all about Babylon and how they had these hanging gardens, which were one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, and how they had all these fruit and everything they were shipping all over the world. When the Euphrates dries up, all the shipping stops. And that's what happens in the 18th chapter of Revelation over there. The ships at sea are, are sinking, and there's no more FedEx. What do you think I got there? No more shipping. All the all the goodies of the world are drying up over here just like they did over here. Same thing. Now look here in Isaiah forty. <clears throat> Hezekiah he was sick unto death in the thirty eighth chapter. Hezekiah didn't ask God for anything. Get that out of your mind. He asked God for another 15 years to live. He did not. He went before the Lord and wept and cried. That's all he did. God said, I have compassion on you. I'm going to give you more time. He didn't ask God. People say, Hezekiah got his prayer. No, he didn't. He didn't ask any more than any more than Samson. Uh, Samuel's mother Hannah she didn't ask God she said if you'll give me a child I'll give him back pay attention to what you're reading it doesn't say she asked for a child and she got it, it didn't say that she said if you give me a child I'll give him back to you if you want me to have one so she has Samuel and so she takes him right when he's old enough she takes him to Eli the high priest and gives him to him. that's what she promised Well, she didn't say, give me a child and I'll give him back to you. Give him to me. I believe you're going to give him to me. And Hezekiah did the same thing here in that 38th chapter. We're not going to talk about that. Look over here in the 40th chapter, verse 1. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith the Lord. This is in around 712 B.C. 712. Israel was carried captive in 722 B.C. Are those dates important? Yes. Why? Because Israel is carried captive by the Assyrians. And they are in captivity except for the ones that stayed there in Israel. And the Assyrian soldiers move in and they start intermarrying their their Sun and tree worship with northern Israel and intermarried with Jehovah worship. But you have to know that when that's happening here. So Isaiah is telling people how to come out of Babylon. That's what he's doing. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people. They need comforting. They're most of them are in captivity, and the ones who are not are being ruled by an iron hand in Israel. Because the Assyrian armies have come in and occupied Israel. They don't have any way out. And cry to her that her warfare is accomplished. I've accomplished the warfare on northern Israel. I've had them carried off. That her iniquity is pardoned, for she hath received the Lord's double for all her sins. Boy, God has showered on her, carrying them away, killing all these Israelites and the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness. Oh, here's the gospel. If you start after this, you started too late to preach baptism because the gospel and baptism are one and the same thing. Remember, you angelizo. The good message is that you have to go through tribulation. Now, prepare ye the direct. Hey, look at there. Direct he's saying you're over here in Assyria and I'm giving I'm going to give here's Egypt here's Israel and here they are in Assyria there the capital of Assyria is Nineveh Why do you think Joseph went to Nineveh? And Assyria was a bunch of Caucasians. The Caucasus Mountains was between the Black Sea and the Caspian Sea, right up in here. That was the Caucasus Caucasus Mountains. Caucasus comes from the word Gog. They hardened the consonants, Ka. Caucasus and the Caucasians come there from there and they were barbarians when Israel was carried away they were merciless the Caucasus people were when they were carried away into Assyria the Assyrians were so barbaric when the Lord told Jonah go to Nineveh and cry against that great city Tell them if they don't repent in 30 days, I'm going to kill everybody there. They repented temporarily. Jonah got angry. He got furious with God for not destroying them. Why don't you kill all those people? You know why he did that? When God came to him, he was in Joppa. He took a boat out here in the ocean in the book of Jonah. He was on his ship. And they got in a storm and it was blowing everywhere. <laughs> and Jonas said, he went out on deck and said, I am the man, throw me overboard. I'm the one that God's dealing with. And they threw him overboard, and he's in that belly of that fish three days and three nights. That's then resurrection came, and that's the gospel. The sign of the prophet Jonas, the gospel. Do you think he was in tribulation in a fish's belly for three days and three nights i guess he was and there's no sign to be given to the unbeliever but the sign of the prophet jonah that's the gospel of the resurrection after you go through all that time in a fish's belly with nothing to eat and all that saliva and spit all over you and whatever the fish is got, he wasn't sitting in a little boat inside like cartoons so he was in misery that's the gospel no sign of the prophet Jonah. Isn't that the gospel? The gospel is the resurrection. Resurrection there in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. Paul said, I declare unto you the gospel that which I also received, how that Christ died, buried, and resurrected again the third day. That's the gospel. That's the baptism of repentance. That's the narrow way, isn't it? It's all the same learn to match up what is the same as something else and you'll understand the Bible easier I don't believe most people if you don't believe in predestination you don't believe that God repeats something over here it's the same thing as the first time he said it that's people say how do you study well when I find something over here every time I see it all through the Bible I say well somehow that connects together and I study it and study it and look at it until it goes quick I say, oh, there it is. Look at the Bible that way and you'll understand it better. I hope I've made that clear tonight. Now look here. All right. The voice of one that crieth in awareness prepare ye the direct. Everywhere you find spiritual direct in the Old Testament, we get our word direction from that. So every time you find direct, it's going to be the same thing as the New Testament hodos, isn't it? And they're in Assyria and it's about 650 700 miles back to Israel and they did not have nice roads. You can look up I've got a commentary and it said the roads that they had were not paved. The only people that fixed roads was Rome. They had the Appian Way, which was a road that went straight to Rome from pagan areas. But they didn't (laughs) have them everywhere else. Most people lived in the area that were raised in all their life. They didn't have a highway department to build roads. You had to go out. Remember I told you how that when they had their three feasts, how that the priest would appoint men to go out on the road, and any boulders that were sticking up, they'd make them take them up, and get them out of the way, and then smooth things off and build up the holes in the roads and cut down high places. And that's what the Bible says. They had to make their way. God says, "I'm going to bring some decrees for you to go back home and rebuild." the temple of God and that's us and rebuild or build the house of God remember the word build is the same word as edify edify is the word oiko domeo that's the word it comes from oikos meaning house and Dome. Dome is our word dome. It means house roof. When the roof of a house was finished, they said the house was finished. So that's the word edify. And what is it that edifies us? That's it. First Corinthians 8 and 1. Agape edifies. Agape is walking in the commandments of God Israel had not walked in the commandments all the time they were over here. And the reason they were carried off by Assyria and Babylon because they were disobedient to God and they were involved in sun and tree worship over here. So in order to repent, why do you think John is standing on the banks of the Jordan River crying out to Israel, Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. They never had repented during the time of Jesus from their old ways. Most people that's rooted in Israel were Pharisees and they're ruling them with Halakha. But you have to know that. They weren't repenting. John's out there screaming at his, Repent! You never have repented. Am I out of time, Mike? Four minutes. So... He's telling them to build a highway for the Lord back to Israel. When you get these three decrees to rebuild the temple of God, which is us, you've got to follow God's instruction and you find those three decrees in the book of Ezra. Ezra, the first chapter, Ezra, the sixth chapter, Ezra, the second chapter, seventh chapter. And that's to go back to the 70 weeks of Daniel in this thing called repenting. That's what the baptism is about. is coming back to build the house of God. Build the temple of God. Which is us. The house is us. By walking in the commandments of God. Agape. I'm going to come back. Well he goes on to say. Make straight a highway in the desert for the Lord. That's Really. What baptism is? Coming back and rebuilding the house of God. Rebuilding the temple of God, which is us. By walking in the commandments of God, which they didn't do when they were over here. They were going after Christmas, Christmas when they were over here. And when they come back, you got to walk in His commandments. And I could go on into prophecy from right here. Then he says... Every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill shall be made low. Remember the word humble? T A P E I N O O. Mr. One of the writers says it means to level mountains and hills. And Babylon is called a proud mountain. God says, I've made you a destroying mountain. And He said, I'm going to destroy you, and you're going to be a burnt mountain. It means to level self before the Lord. That's truly what baptism does to us. Do you see that? It makes us get on our face before God. I wish I had more time, but I've gone slow this week to show you what. Then he says, the glory of the Lord shall be revealed in all flesh. Ooh shall see the salvation of the Lord. All flesh means red, yellow, white, black, and brown flesh. That's the all flesh that Jesus said he would come to in Acts, the second chapter. The Lord will pour out of his spirit, which is the truth, which is the flesh of God. And I got so much more to say on this. Jesus said, The flesh of me... What he said, instead of saying, my flesh is made indeed, he said, the flesh, te, te, or gay. <laughs> he said, the flesh, the feminine gender flesh, of me. Or gay. Huh? Or gay? Not or gay. You said or gay, it's not or gay. No, sarks, excuse me. Sarks, the sarks. S-A-R-X, feminine gender, feminine gender, the, the flesh of me, what is the flesh of Christ? The church. The church is the flesh of Christ. Is indeed, is truth. God's flesh is truth. So if you can learn to match these definitions up, you'll come to some understanding that you haven't seen I simply made this simple lesson so you can see where my thinking comes from. I use algebra nearly every time I teach. I just haven't told you that. You say algebra, some people, they put, bang, bang, oh, put my fingers in my ears and stop, I ain't going to listen to this. I use it all the time. If you learn to do this, it makes the Bible easier to understand. I'm out of time. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for truth. Cause to continue your work, fight our battles. Lord, help the church to bow to your will. We'll praise you for everything that you do, because you're in charge of it all. And you work in everything after your counsel. In Christ's name, we pray, man. Hey, Jim, I think I got confused with something. The baptism of repentance, is that the same as the baptism of tribulation? Well, sure it is. If if if, if baptism of repentance is prepare you the way, and tribulation is narrow, and that's prepare you the way, it's all the same. So, John's baptism. Was the same as Jesus was. John wasn't bab- he wasn't baptizing boy in water with a baptism of repentance. That was a that was a thing he was doing for to be legal in Israel. That was a not a water baptism was not a biblical commandment. Was not. So so his Bat- John baptized the water but he didn't preach the baptism of water. He preached the baptism of repenting. Okay, so those are two different things. Two different things. That John was doing. Or John was saying one and doing the other. No, no. He was preaching the baptism of repentance. That's the important thing. He was doing the other as a, it was a government patriotic thing he was doing to satisfy the Pharisees. They were two different things. They're not the same thing. I got it
1: with a chip. <laughs> I was going to call
0: you this week about baptism, and I had some well. questions. Thank you. <laughs> okay. I love you, teacher. I love you too. Really, that's just like pfft. now. I well, wow. They had a proselyte baptism. That was a. It was something the government of.